Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! So you, you blast open the doors, um, and inside is a, um, a small office uh, slash gift shop. Um, there's like um, a rack <laughs> of uh, postcards that have all been like hand, hand um, drawn. Um, you notice that all the cards are slightly irregular because they've clearly been like hand cut out as well. So like, there's just there's not a straight line amongst them. Um, uh, on a rack that very optimistically says two gold each, um, and uh, there's kind of like a massive rug uh, in the center with uh, interesting geometric patterns on it. That's um, a little a little burned. Uh, you notice there's some holes in it, 
that seem to have been scorched, um, but uh, it's it's laid out, and um, you can see um, a couple clerks kind of um, uh, sitting there with long scrolls and quill pens. Um, writing away, who don't even acknowledge your presence when you walk in. Um, however, uh, the mayor certainly does. Um, so uh, the mayor is a um, sort of a, a, a man in his late 20s, um, uh, sort of a very large build, um, uh, sort of like big, big arms, big barrel chest, bit of a gut, um, but uh, sitting uh, sort of with a, with a sense of confidence and ease, um, and his head is just like perfectly round, like there's just not a not a speck of hair on it, no eyebrows, no beard, um, no hair, um, and uh, fairly fairly suntanned from from working outside. Um, and uh, he he kind of like slaps his big meaty hands down on the table, and he's like, "Oh, uh, a visitor! Oh, geez, uh, we don't get many of of these around here." Uh, but based on the way you open my doors i assume you've you've got some business here uh well wel- welcome to stone's throw uh uh and he like quickly like looks around um and you see him grab a hat that is in no way as fashionable or cool as yours um and and slap it on his head um it looks like uh like one of those weird little robin hood hats so like a tiny green pointed hat um with a bent broken red feather sticking out of it um duncan you reckon given your knowledge of hats uh you recognize this as having been in fashion in orvel like a couple years ago um and he kind of straightens it and um he says uh pleasure to meet you i'm uh jameson bartow the uh the mayor of stone's throw well, Master Mayor, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, and he'll sweep off his hat and do like a low bow. But he always keeps his eyes up watching people while he bows. Like he's had one too many early dueling masters that like just smacked him on the head when he looked away. So just like kicked him in the chin. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of punishment Ow. in the beginning of his career. Yeah. And he stands um, up and he. Jameson he looks horrified uh, and quickly tries to. Um, replicate what you did um, with his hat, which is hard because yours is a good sweeping hat. Uh, his is kind of a thing you could eat soup out of. Uh, I'm gonna roll a performance check for him. Let's see how he does. Oh shit, nat twenty um, for for kind of a big guy. He is remarkably good at it. Even though he fumbles the tiny hat, he manages to like accidentally roll it up his arm, flick it into the air, and catch it on his head. Uh, and I immediately recognize this as a dude who knows how to fight because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the courtly manners, uh, not that any of the current aristocrats would have any idea of this in Orville, but I feel like Duncan would also have an interest as we've established in ancient texts. A lot of these courtly manners and other things were really just ways to test the dexterity of an opponent before a duel. And like this fucking guy can move. Uh so that combined with the swinging tree means he's not really sure what to make of this, like, nice bumbling town with the corpse machine in the middle. Uh, so, Master Mayor, clearly you have a variety of talents. I am looking for someone who could take me to the grave of Agatha the Witch. Oh, the witch. Um, and he and the two clerks um, all turn and spit on the ground. And he's like, oh, uh, hey, sorry, I know you're not from around here, but uh, you, you got to spit. Otherwise, she'll she'll haunt you. OK, and he just uh, stares at you expectantly. I, I'll, I'll spit on the ground. Uh, oh, and he like, like visibly relaxes. He says, cold. That, that was close. <laughs> we almost had a haunting. Oh, oh. wow. Good so thing I, you stopped I, by. I understand that you've got a swinging tree and that. Can I say the witch? What do I have to spit after? 
Oh, um, well, now that we've spit, we should be okay for the next, uh, and he looks at the spit to see how, how quickly it's soaking into the rug, and he's like, uh, we'll be good for the next five minutes, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you can call her the witch, witch for now, um, uh, or, you know, you just call her her, and then give me a knowing look, you know, like, her. All right, so And then nod is... a little bit, so I know that you're not referring to, to someone else. Where is her buried? Wait, who? Oh, oh, the witch! Oh, uh... <laughs> Um, uh, you know what? I better be safe. He spits again. He's like, oh, "Mom, look, I'm sorry. We don't. Uh, we try not to talk about, you know, her here." Um, well, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I gotta ask. That's um, not really anything we want anyone to know. I mean, the whole reason we we got rid of her was so that uh, no one would would get get hurt by by her 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 dark magics uh, ever again. So. Um, not, I, I don't, uh, you seem like a, a good fellow. You got a hell of a good hat and you bow real nice. Uh, I don't I don't know why I tell you that, but uh, that doesn't seem like something I should do. I am Duncan Just rest kin- assured, we put her somewhere safe. I am Duncan Kindano, the last true Dawnbreaker. And I am here on a quest to discover the gravesite of Agatha the Witch. Okay. Nice <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Preemptive spitting is good spitting. Uh, well, I am uh, Jameson Kin Barto, and um, uh, you found it. We did it. Hooray. Your quest is complete. Have a free postcard. And you see one of the clerks, like her eyes just dart up, um, and there's just raw fury as she stares at him. And he's like, shut up, Karen. We're not selling any of them anyway. Uh, here you go. You did it. Here's your quest reward. Congratulations. And he hands you one that's of the hanging tree. It's real gross. It's in tremendously bad taste. I wish you were here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looks at it. He's like, oh, maybe that's why we're selling enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and I will, uh, I will uh, give a nod and say, thank you, sir. I appreciate all of the assistance that you've offered. Uh, and I will take the, the card. Uh, and Tom, I want to go outside and just wait until the clerks get off so I can talk to Karen, because I think she's going to be way more useful than this fucking mayor. Cool. Um, also, I'll, I'll let you know, um, uh, and this is just kind of like a, a reminder for our, our listeners and viewers as well. Um, if you want to try and use uh, a role to um, sort of change any of this, like if you want to roll persuasion or deception or intimidation, um, you can always just call those out um, mid-conversation. Um, otherwise, we'll just deal with our own rhetorical skills and where the characters take us. All right, then now let's, let's, let's just throw it in there then. Let's have some fun. Uh, so right. I think what uh, Duncan will do is say, Dawnbreakers believe in justice, and I understand that you have brought an end to Agatha the Witch, but I don't understand the crimes that she's committed, and I cannot tell whether or not you have her trapped somewhere. You've made an illegitimate choice. Uh, and then it's just like, a dagger gets spun around in one hand, and he's like, you never know where fate takes us, and sometimes it's someplace, and you just hear a thunk, and right down next to the mayor's hand is another dagger with its tip in the table from his other hand, and he just says, you take interesting places, and it turns out many people have sharp endings, uh, and he just kind of looks at him. So where is that grave site? Uh, and I'd like to go with an intimidate. Sure, go ahead. Don't fail me now, Dice. Oh, man, why did I say that out loud? Uh, <laughs> that is a seven on the intimidation scale. Um, so uh, when the second dagger hits uh, and you, you throw out your quippy line with a speed you didn't think was possible, um, with his f- uh, free hand, he grabs his chair and swings it around over his head and smashes it through the desk in front of you. 
Um, and he's like, oh, sharp ends. Oh, I prefer blunt means myself. You're going to have to leave now. Um, and um, as you kind of uh, back out now, I will say you can you can go wait outside for for you like retrieve your daggers from the ground kind of sheepishly uh, or with great flair because I feel like it's great. Like, do you kick them up in your hand? How do you how do you get oh, these daggers back from the broken desk? Oh, for the, yeah, I feel like one would have been stabbed. I don't even think they would have left the hands. I think the oh, one was okay, still up and the other was stabbed great. down. And then I think it's just both of them come up and then go down and the cape just gets flicked back to show the rapier and reveal like the pistol at the waist. And it's just like, well, you know, I can understand why there might be harsh feelings for someone who's been tested about justice. But I think there's always something dangerous about a mayor of a town where they base it around hanging people on the tree in the center. But who am I to know? Just a dawnbreaker. Uh, and then Duncan will turn and just kind of exit with an eye over his shoulder that both seems debonair, but is really just to make sure he doesn't get hit in the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, the mayor just uh, shakes his head as you leave. Um, and there, there almost seems to be um, some disappointment and um, uh, almost some, some genuine regret as, as you walk away. And he kind of turns to the clerks and he's like, you know, it, it never fails. Outsiders, they, uh, they just don't understand. Um, and then he's like, well, I'm going to go get another desk from upstairs. Uh, and then he just hear Um So a couple hours later, um, you're uh, standing outside and uh, you've been watching the town kind of go about its business. Um, it's uh, it's boring. There's not a whole lot going on. But also, um, I think you take the time to do a proper, like, top to bottom check of your, your muscles and your joints. Um, feeling where all the pain points are from your fall and kind of like understanding how that's going to affect you and hold you back. Um, you get the sense that um, through kind of constant training and and um, uh, exercise and stretching and, and kind of the, the standard maneuvers that you would go through when you were kind of like trying to get into peak conditioning, you'll be able to get back up to where you were like kind of pre-docs. But also admittedly, you hadn't let your skills get loose, but like you'd hadn't felt the same need to be as sharp when you were just like patrolling garbage places. Yeah, I wasn't protecting anyone. I was just not dying, which is a very different goal. 100%. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, eventually, though, um, the uh, the door beside you opens and um, you see uh, Karen uh, exiting. Um, Karen uh, has um, sort of like uh, one large monocle. Um, that uh, she's wearing kind of attached to a strap around her head. Uh, and as you look, you can see it's one half of glasses um, that she's kind of strapped uh, strapped around. Um, she's got a shaved head. Um, there's kind of a gnarly scar that she's got along one side. Um, but uh, she seems to have kind of a cool tattoo around it. Um, and uh, you can tell just from sizing her up, like, this is clearly... Like, there's ink stains on her fingers, uh, clearly from clerking, but you can see other colors, and it's clear that um, she also paints. Um, and um, she's uh, sort of carrying um, a, a bunch of um, uh, sort of medieval notepads, I guess, so just, like, a bunch of, like, loose-leaf paper and scrolls. Um, and uh, as soon as she gets outside, um, she just, like, stuffs a uh, hand-rolled cigarette in her mouth and um, strikes flint against the side of the door uh, to light it. Uh, and then I think Duncan will have been careful because he can be very quiet when he wants to, but you really just don't want to scare the shit out of somebody when you want to try to make friends with them in a minute. So I think it's like a, a slow approach as though he'd approached from distance uh, and just go, 
Ah, Karen, I remember hearing your name from before. My name is Duncan Kendano, and I am of the Dawnbreakers. Can I perhaps carry those items for you home and engage in a bit of wee conversation? Uh, hey, it's nice to meet you, but uh, no, no one touches my scrolls. Uh, I got some very important in-progress sketches in here. Um, but, uh, you know, enjoy your free postcard. I worked real hard on those, but, like, fucking whatever, I guess. Just enjoy it. Send it to someone you love. That's what they're meant for. I call them Karen Cares. You can you see know, it on the back of the card. And then she takes, like, a big drag of her incredibly bad-smelling cigarette. Like, uh, obviously, there's no manufactured smokes here, so it's just some real stinky garbage that she's stuffed in there. <laughs> Uh, and I think uh, Duncan has decided that intimidation doesn't seem to work in this town, perhaps because they have very little to lose. So he's going to lean into the charm this time. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is going to, I think, that the hat comes off and the, the cape gets swept over the shoulder. But this time it's just to show, like, how fit he is <laughs> and how well-dressed. And he'll say, oh, it's always a pleasure to meet an artist who has some ambition and wants to move forward in the world after living what is very clearly a characterful life. I may have a commission in mind for you that I could exchange for information. A painting of royalty and uh, strange and exotic beasts. Okay, give me a, what will, I think maybe persuasion? Yeah, 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 let's go with that, that's fine. Uh, and I'll give you advantage because you're using uh, a lot of buzzwords you know she'll like. Namely, <laughs> <laughs> artist and commission. Uh, <laughs> it's a 13. Um, she takes an incredibly long drag, of, like a cartoonishly long drag of her cigarette, just like burning half of it down. And, um, she kind of like uh, puts it back in her mouth and sort of swirls it around back and forth and goes like, commission, you say? Is there money involved in this commission? I mean, that's the nature of commission, or at least it should be on the scale of things. You know, that's what I thought, too, and then I made these fucking postcards for free. She immediately, like, throws all of her shit over her shoulder. She's like, all right, cool, I'll paint anything. I'll paint a naked manatee if you want. I don't give a shit. I'll do it for money, though. That's great. All right, let's go. All right, so I guess I'll, I'll lead Karen uh, along with... I actually want the painting out of this. That's fine. Uh, back to where uh, we can get a painting of the turtle, the suit of armor, and myself. Um, okay, so she stops by um, her place and, like, loads up, um, like, she's got, like, um, an easel that's clearly been made of, like, assorted things that she's managed to slap together, um, and, like, um, some canvas that um, you can see has some sketching done on it um, in a sort of like a fine blue pencil that you recognize from Orville. Um, and again, like, it, it, I think it goes without saying at this point, um, everything you're seeing here seems to be somewhat scavenged if it's been manufactured or produced. Um, so it's clearly someone's, like, throwaway thing, but given that you're actually willing to pay her, this is, like, the thing to use your nice materials on. Um, she's also got, like, a bandolier of cigarettes now, because um, she's like, this is at least a 10-smoke job, so I want to be ready. <laughs> um, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, so you lead her to the edge of town, and um, she uh, walks through the trees. Um, we cut to uh, our friend Tortle and friend Suit of Armor. Um, how do you think the two of you have passed the time? It's now been several hours. Um, 
I think I'd kind of, I, I would like to go to sleep. I know I don't need sleep, but I don't know if I can sleep. I'm going to say there's, um, I think maybe what we'll do, Laura, is um, almost like a, a meditative state um, rather yeah. than a sleep state. So it's, it's uh, you're horrified to find that you can't sleep anymore, yeah. but you are able to kind of dim your consciousness a bit. Uh, and you realize, even though it's a bit uncomfortable and it's not what you're used to, it is actually fairly restful. Okay. I, I think in order to get into that state, though, I ask uh, Maka, I'm like, can you tell me a story maybe of, of your people and, and how you, you came to be where, where you are? You mean here, sitting with you? Well... Sure, that would be fine, too. Oh, all right. And I just, like, I, I grab, like, all the dirt and soil around me and, like, leaves and, like, put them up <laughs> against my face to drop block on any light. Uh, and we kind of reviewed this uh, in our last session. Do you want me to do a little role play of telling that story, or do you want to jump? Sure, to man. That? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Fine. This doesn't matter to me. Um... If it's if it's something that we haven't heard on air, then then I'd say go for it. Okay. Um, otherwise, you can kind of. Um... You can also tell me a story of how your people came to be. Oh, well, I do not know where the tortles came from. As far as I know, we've been around just as long as any other beast or race or anything like that. But I am somewhat different now than I was in my youth. One day I, well, let's go back a little further. Mm -hmm. I was a uh, more typical tortle uh, some time ago, many, many years ago. I had a family and I lived in a town with other tortle. And on occasion, I would go into the swamps and collect mushrooms and other things for cooking or to sell at market. And one day, I was set upon by bandits and was struck down, and I fell into the swamp. And I don't really remember what happened next. I remember there was much darkness, much confusion, and then clarity. The god of death, Jossie, had welcomed me into her arms and made me into something different. I had been remade with the fungus and mushrooms and the spores of the swamp. And now I I'm an agent of Jossie. I protect the sacred process of decay, that which takes from death and gives new life. And this was a service I provided to the turtle until I was called. I think Tyler froze. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. How long ago did I freeze? This is the longest but most in character pause. Yeah. Tyler, you yeah. froze. That was a really beautiful, um, long, dramatic moment. You, uh, yeah. you froze for us just after uh, Agent of Jossie. <laughs> Agent of Jossie, okay. 
it took all of us like a minute to figure out whether or yeah. not it was a bit. Well, yeah. um, oh, well so what, what ended up happening for me was I was pretty sure it was frozen, um, but I started watching Laura to see if Laura was still reacting. So I was like, maybe it's just frozen for me. So yeah. I started watching Laura and Laura was like, smiled a little bit and was like, clearly still listening. I'm like, oh shit, he's telling a really good story. I'm like, it's fine. I'm just the DM. I don't need to know. So I'll I'll tell the rest of the story while dancing with Charleston so that you can tell exactly when Yeah, exactly when something has gone wrong. Dum Dums and Dice would like to invite you to check out their flagship podcast, Dum Dums and Dragons. It's a show where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It features Laura Elizabeth as the wizard Alan, Tyler Hewitt as the thief Quinny, and Ryan LaPlante as a cleric named Butthole. Through their first season, these heroes experience the minds of Fandelver, but starting in season two, they step into a world of fully original adventures from the mind of DM Tom McGee. Follow them from the beginning of their quest through Five more seasons and beyond! Check it out now! Dom Doms and Dragons! As an agent of Jossie, it was and is my responsibility to protect and perform the sacred process of decay. When death yields new life, and this was a service I provided to the total of my islands, I was the gravekeeper. I took the dead and remade them into life-giving tonics and potions and ungents and provided them to the sick to extend their life, knowing that their debt would be paid in time, as all debts are in the cycle. And there came a time when the cycle was weakened, the effects of my potions were not having the desired effect any longer. And I could not process the dead as quickly. And I knew something was wrong. And that's when I was called to your court. And you know the rest of my story there. Hello? Are you awake? <laughs> Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Um, I think, uh, Gwendolyn, you've, you've, um, you've fallen into as close to a sleep as, as you can get. Yeah. Um, I think um, for mechanical purposes, I'd like to believe that when you're in the state, uh, you're unaware of things, um, just okay. so that we don't end up in a weird, like, unsleeping suit of armor can just be the guard every night yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of deal. Um, that said... Um, I was thinking, and we, we can we can kind of figure this out together. Um, I'm wondering what you see when you sleep, when you sleep, um, when you're kind of in your your trance state. I was wondering if literally it's just like re replay, if moments of your life just replay, like if it's almost a, a weird memory recall. If it's more of a dream state, um, what it is? I think, I think her dreams are kind of like they've always been um even more so now i think gwendolyn dreamt a lot of her childhood mm. okay i very think good. that was mainly yeah we'll just leave it at that for now great sounds good <laughs> um so uh maka you look down at um the armor and even though it's it's still um a bit a bit difficult for you to read um inorganic material 
it almost looks like her shoulders have have slumped a bit. Um, and uh, even though the the armor itself can't change form, how the joints rest uh, seems a little bit more relaxed. And um, you hear a, a faint um, kind of uh, metallic rumbling, um, a little bit like uh, something's rattling around uh, inside the helmet, and uh, you realize that uh, she's snoring. Um, <laughs> so, um, kind of keeping a watchful eye, um, I think you 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 um, open yourself up um, to the cluster and and the the woods around you. Um, and even though they're they're unfamiliar and a little sickly, they still they still feel much more comfortable than um, Orville did. And I think at some point, like during the hours that he was waiting, um, Duncan like came close enough to gesture and like give a wave. It's not like he just disappeared for like six hours and you're like, well, I guess he's dead. Eh, we'll just hang up here. <laughs> like there was, there was some indication of like, I'm fine. Right. BRB. Um, but then um, as, as the day drags on, uh, finally you see him coming down uh, the path again um, with a another uh, human behind him who seems to be carrying um, some uh, like a, an easel and a canvas, um, mm. and uh, Duncan, you you see Maka kind of waiting for you. Um, go ahead. I'll uh, I'll wave to him, and slowly rise to my feet. And I will uh, return the wave, but in a like doffing the cap and waving the cap kind of way, because I feel like when well, you've got a hat this good, you've got to use it. <laughs> Uh, and then I will turn to Karen and say, Karen, this is uh, Sire Tortle. Karen has dropped the easel. Her jaw is is metaphorically on the ground, realistically just as far as a human extension can go, um, staring in, um, uh, for lack of a better term, like, thrilled shock. Like, it's like someone threw her a surprise party. Like, she is just, like, over the moon about this. Um, and she's just like, what? By the lords of byproduct, who the what the what? <laughs> and she Why just like takes out a panic cigarette and stuffs it in her mouth. And I'm like, Why don't you go say hello to Maka there? I'll collect these things and bring them after you. She like just full on in like awe walks up, uh, and just like looks you up and down from like toes to the head the toes and she's like are you are you a demon what what's your deal mm. also by the way that's metal as fuck so like it's cool if you are i'm not like into the whole kill all the spooky things thing but like what's your deal and how do i get in on it and then she lights her cigarette and i'll start my story over that i was telling <laughs> and i'll just start right now <laughs> Well, I was much like other tortoises. Um, when would you cut this off, Duncan, or would you listen to this whole conversation because you actually don't know what his deal is? I haven't heard it, so <laughs> I, I don't know his name. I, all I know is he was a turtle who ran out and could heal people, and now he's just very game for moving along with us. I, I feel like you would have swapped names at, back at the, the hut when you kind of had, had your rest, but yeah, you don't know anything else about him. So yeah, so the two of you listen and um, learn... Uh, and as he's talking, eventually she like gets out the easel and starts sketching. Um, and um, you can see she's um, taking like great care um, to try and replicate, as you know, the best um, artists do, not just what he looks like, but kind of the vibe. 
Um, so you can see she's like taking into account the surroundings and how he interacts with the trees around him and kind of how he holds himself. Um, so uh, yes, you you finish your story, Maka, and uh, she she's kind of made sketch and she's like, okay, yeah, this is uh, this is great, this is fantastic. No, this is you're you're a perfect subject. Thank you, thank you. Also, do do you have do you have a partner? Do you have like a like do you have like a boyfriend, a girlfriend? Uh, do you have like a person? Uh, what's what's your deal? And then she kind of like looks at you cloyingly. Well, these are my companions. I have reason to believe that the prophecy that they speak of is directly linked to the cluster. And yeah, but is there anyone you fuck? Hmm. <coughs> No, no, I don't think there is. Uh, and she just, like, takes a drag of her cigarette and says to herself, like, yes, you're in the game, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's at this time uh, that um, uh, getting the sense of something, hor- like your dreams, uh, Gwendolyn, are, um, they seem to be kind of tinged. Um, there, there seems to be kind of a dark smoke rolling through them. And at first you're worried that it's what you saw over Orville. Um, but then suddenly, like, weirdly, it's like the sensation of smelling, but it's somehow all over your body. You mm. recognize it as, like, a really cheap cigarette. Nikos used to try and roll these all the time. Um, and you kind of, like, rise up out of the dirt and realize that even though you can't smell traditionally anymore, um, your body can, for lack of a better term, like, spidey sense it. Um, okay. It's kind of like a weird because I don't want to leave you bereft of of the senses you need yeah. to kind of. Yeah, it's like kind of like I can I can sense almost like the little interactions with the like the metal sort of. Um, but also since your soul is keyed to understand those sensations oh. in a yeah. human way, it's yeah. like a weird like almost a mood ring sensation. Like it's it's an odd. Um, there's that uh, condition where you see sound um, synesthesia. Yeah, synesthesia. Yes, thank you. It's yeah. like that uh, ish. Where it's just like you can interpret cool. smells in their own way, you can interpret sounds in their own ways, just so that you're not like, well, I'm out of the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, these are all things that you're learning to to kind of uh, interpret. Cool. Um, so you you drag yourself up uh, and kind of like, I think every time you do this, you have to like run a finger through your eye slit just to like clear out like one clear one yeah, slit, yeah, yeah. the other slit, just to like be able to see again um yes. that said as you do it this time your finger pauses and it occurs to you that if you just plug up those eye holes you might get the darkness you so require hey uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I just tested it out i put like kind of my fingers like in front of the slits darkness yes all right, so the screaming pile of yes over there is the third figure. Karen has fallen backwards in terror and awe. Uh, <laughs> Duncan's reached out and just held the easel up with one hand as she, like, wipes out just so it's like, safe. What is that, some kind of TikTok? Some kind of robot man? Um, hello, I'm a human. Nah. How'd you do? No, nah, you're mean- not. No. Yeah, not currently. That's the nope. princess she, like, Gwendolyn. Bounces a cigarette off you, and she's like, "Nah, humans would light on fire. You're no, you're no human." And she takes Sorry, another one out of the bandolier. Uh, I'm a bloody suit of armor. Who are you? All so right, that's is... metal as hell. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> hey, how about you? You got a partner? Listen, I I'm into some weird shit. Oh, uh, my name's Karen. I'm an artist first, uh, county clerk second. I make postcards, do commissions. Um, 
I also fill out paperwork, but I don't really want to do that so much as I want to paint pictures. I'm working on Mr. Uh, Maka Deathcap over here. Seems like a, a real cool guy, uh, and I guess I'm supposed to paint you too. I was expecting some hoity-toity princess type. This, and this I, just, I like. I, just, I give a sidelong look at Duncan. Say, why? Well, the mayor was somewhat disagreeable and the entire town's based around hanging, so I agreed that we would hire out a commission to get a painting of the three of us together, and also we could ask some questions about where Agathy may have been buried and why they, you know, hung her. Wait, what now? You just, we're going to chatter a little bit while you paint, you know? And I just, like, shift Gwendolyn over to, like, the center of a portrait-style pose with Maka, and then I, like, take up a position on the other side. Uh, and then while Karen's working, I just want to, like, do that version of, like, barbershop questions about what's going on in yeah. town. But it's just the three of us getting to ask Karen about Agatha and Stone's Throw. Cool. Um... Can you roll me um, maybe an investigation check or streetwise? I'll take streetwise. I don't think streetwise exists in this game. God damn it. I'm jamming too many games now. I don't even know. Uh, I've got, if, if we're looking at stuff I can do, I could do insight. I could do persuasion. What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I could do investigation. Investigation is, I think, what I meant. Uh, so you're going to take three threat dice, uh, two boost dice. <laughs> you see so many games. <laughs> Uh, I uh, gave myself a haircut today um, because those are the times we're in. Uh, and I weirdly missed the little amount of barbershop banter I get. So this is nice. It's like I got my barbershop banter after nice. all. Cool. I'm imagining we're all talking. I got a seven on do, my uh, do investigation. Do you imagine the others are talking? Uh, I don't know. Maka, it seems like it's kind of impossible to get him to stop asking questions. They just might not help. And I have no idea what Glendalyn will do. She's a talking suit of armor now. So I, I don't, I'm not saying they're taking uh, part in the investigation. <laughs> I just don't know how they would affect the conversation. I'm, I'm, I might pop in there. But like, okay. yeah, yeah. Maka's got questions. All right. Um, so why don't you all roll? I was going to say, if you're just kind of trying to help Ryan, then I would have your roll, um, like, give him advantage. But if you're all asking questions, yeah, I don't really imagine that the two of you approach situations the same way. Um, you don't need to roll persuasion, though. Uh, you could roll insight. You could roll history. You can roll pretty much anything you think your character would use. Uh, this I, would just be an investigation. I'm not even good at it, but I'm just going to ask questions. So sure. that's investigation. Not it's true. an eight, so... <laughs> Go team. Yeah. Keep it at real level across the board. I think I might roll a religion check. Um, just. Oh, shit. That makes a lot of sense, too. Just because I just knowing. I think I, I know enough to understand, like, that people treat the dead in different ways. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah. there's some way that I that I can use that to my yeah, advantage absolutely. To, to get. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead with that, Laura. So, um. Oh, God, I don't even know where to go with that now. Oh, no, <laughs> sorry, I meant by Just rolling. Roll. Oh, I did. Sorry, I already rolled 11. 11, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to put together a theological like, oh, argument. No, no, no. Um, okay, cool. So... Um, <laughs> It turns out that was all it took to break the bat. Um, so, yeah, you um, you begin to kind of uh, ask some questions. And uh, based on the way Karen's already been responding to you, 
um, you get the sense that uh, she's leaning pretty hard on like the w- w- the like small medieval village version of like uh, like the um, death metal rocker chick vibe um, is so weirdly even with an admittedly pretty low role um, once you start asking her questions not about like hey where do we find this thing that you shouldn't tell us about but when you start prodding her about religion she just fucking goes off about like the cool stories she can tell you she's still pretty sure mock is a demon so she kind of wants to earn some street cred um but yeah so she's like oh yeah like everyone in this town is like super scared of like all the cool things right like like witches and monsters and demons like there's this witch who used to live outside town she wasn't like a cool witch because she'd usually just give you like a potion or something if you're having like trouble having a baby or like if you were sick or something which wasn't too cool i was kind of hoping for like you know like covens at dawn you know like uh like the you know the the shit you hear about from the shadowlands right like like you know real yes, real covenate yes. stuff but uh no instead she was just like here's a poultice for your acne and i was like get bent anyway <laughs> Um, people got real scared. They didn't like having a witch li- live nearby. And honestly, like she comes from a long line and they were really worried about, about it. So finally they said enough was enough and they went and got her. Uh, and, um, they, they killed her. It was awesome. She was like, just like cursing them and stuff and like laughing at them. It was hilarious. The mayor was so mad, but like, she didn't give a shit. Uh, and then they, uh, yeah, they, 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 they threw her in the bastard bin, uh, you know, with, uh, where we throw all the the low lives and uh, degenerates that uh, that get killed here. It's it, honestly, it's where I want to be buried. If I had my druthers, seems like a cool place to get to go. Well, what makes it so cool? Well, that's like, where all the cool people is, are like buried and stuff. Like, look, I know. Is you, it in a cool place? Ah, no, no. It's like it's honestly, it's just like there's an old like quarry just like just outside town. Uh, they built it down there. It's like it's not a cool place, except for the people who are in there are super cool. So, like, right. what other cool things had they done? Like, it seems like Agatha provided medical care and potions that helped. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. But like, she was a witch, and like, she has that like cool little demon dog and stuff. And like, he acts all nice, but like, I bet he'd fuck you up if he got the chance. It would be awesome. Okay, what about the people who aren't witches? What were they up to? It oh, sounds like you know, there's a lot of corpses. No, no, it's just, you know, criminals and stuff. Like, you know, if you steal something or you, like, murder someone. Uh, if you take something from Garbage Town without talking to uh, the lords of Garbage Town, they get mad about it. They, like, send the scavengers after you. You know, like, that sort of shit. Like, you know, you don't if do If you make that. a poultice for acne. Yeah, I mean, I kind of yeah. hope she was sacrificing virgins, too. Like, we don't have any proof of that, but, like, that's what everyone said. And I was like, yeah, fucking yeah. Right. Do you uh, have one, like, chief judge or someone who makes the final decision on, like, who's going in the ground? No, nah, I mean, like, the mayor does it, but, like, everyone, like you know, a lot of the town elders vote in on it, too. Like, you know, we, we got systems that are old. We just want to make sure that, you know, um, the town is safe, which is fair. There's a lot of scary shit around here. I mean, like... You know, the uh, the the lords of, of uh, Byproduct like to think that, you know, they're, they've got a good handle on stuff. But we're, uh, you know, we're not we're not too close to, to, to any of the, the major towns, you know. So sometimes you, we just we got to do what we can to stay safe. 
So have you been out to this quarry maybe at night, you know, like to do like a cool hang or something like that? <laughs> Go out there and show you're not a feed. Look, if you're asking me on a date, I appreciate it, but you're a little vanilla for me. I'm kind of into the giant demon monster or uh, the, the fucking scary ass armor. Uh, but yeah, I've had some... I'd like to lean in and be like, I may be asking on their behalf. She's like, okay, all right, okay, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, she's like, I've had some parties down there, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great place for, uh, and then she, like, tries to shoot both of you one, like, lascivious look, but has to look back and forth between you rapidly, so it's completely lost, but she's like, for, you know, uh, interesting liaisons, uh, but yeah, you know, I used to go down there all the time, I kind of wanted to, like, hang out in there, but, uh, but, uh, no, the town guard came and got me, but, uh. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's pretty cool. Would you be interested in perhaps bringing a demon to see the bastard Ben? Like, there is a look in her eyes that you'd kind of always hoped you would see in, like, the, the eyes of every citizen of Orvel when, when you restored the Dawnbreakers to their former glory of just, like, you made her dreams come true. It honestly doesn't look that dissimilar um, from how uh, Nee looked when you gave her the chicken and the money. Um, Karen is like, Sir, I don't believe in angels. <laughs> but if I did, I think they'd wear cool hats and threaten people with knives like you, sir. Yes, I would love nothing more. But I'm also a professional, so let me finish my painting. Um, and Agreed. She, she goes back to the painting. And honestly, this is a fucking rad painting. It is really, really good. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkably good depiction of the three of you. Um, and when she's done, uh, she kind of looks at the, the frame and then looks at the, th the three of you. She's like, uh, you guys are traveling pretty light. Uh, you gonna have trouble with this thing? Uh, if you've got a tube, you could roll it up in. Perhaps I could travel it like that. And I show her, uh, cause it's, I mean, technically I have a backpack, but a backpack sounds pretty fucking lame with the way <laughs> that Duncan is dressed. I'd like to imagine he has almost like, it's like a sling around the back with like a little kind of like hidden area, but we could put a tube or with a rolled up painting in it. Sure. Unless Karen's got a different idea. Um, she's like, hang on a second. Can I see one of them knives for the hot sec? Oh yeah. Bam. Up, out, held out. Go for it. Uh, she goes to take it dramatically, kind of fumbles it. And she's like, ah, shit, nah, I, I want to look so cool. Um, and then she just like flicks the dagger up along the edges uh, and carves out uh, the picture. And she's like, um, uh, does you, do, Ryan, does your sword have a scabbard? It must. Or uh, yeah. does it? Yeah. So she's like, hang on, uh, let me see that. Uh, so you toss her the scabbard and she basically wraps your scabbard with the... Um, uh, with a canvas, and then just, like, ties it off. And she's like, ah, that'll do you just fine. This canvas is uh, pretty hardy. It had to fall out of the sky to get into my possession. So, uh, you know, as long as you don't fall out of the sky, I think you'll be all right. Well, I try to only do the crazy things once. So, all right, would you like to perhaps take us on a metal journey to the bastard, Ben? <laughs> you are God's damned right. Um... Ryan, uh, we're going to upgrade your scabbard. Um, it is... Uh, uh, it is... I don't know. Uh, you guys don't really have a name yet as an adventuring party. Um, I don't think we're there yet. No, not, uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, so uh, we will call it uh, the Scabbard of the Unlikely Fellowship. Um, and basically, um, I'm going to say that... Um, once per long rest, but only in times of great need. 
you can unfurl it um, like a like an inspirational standard um, to give um, Gwendolyn and Maka a basically like it's the the effects of the ability bless. So like a D four that you can add to an ability check that they can just hold. Um, having seen it and having you like yell something dramatic about it. I think it's like either you just hold it up or you can like swing it on your scabbard like you're singing a song of angry men. Like a um, like a standard bearer kind of thing. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nice. um but again, even though you can technically use it once a day, I'd recommend you use it for uh, only at moments of great dramatic interest. Otherwise, it's you. just a painting I can refer to or take it if I want to. Yeah. 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 Great. Um Cool. So she like manages to like weave through some like um, leather t- uh, tongs to it, or thongs to it, so you can just like tie it off easily, and it's it's hardy enough that uh, you'll be fine. Um, and uh, with that, uh, she um, uh, begins to lead you kind of like down through the woods uh, towards the bastard bin. Um, you get within uh, a few, like probably about a, I don't know. Um, less than a kilometer but like you're within sight of it um and she's like oh shit there's a it's the fuzz um and sure enough uh you can see there are um some town guard uh who are camped out uh in front of it and you can actually see them um wrapping someone up in a body bag uh who seems to be wearing town guard uh livelry all right i'm gonna approach Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have told anybody to stay back so people are, can join me or not based on this, but I think Duncan is a guy who just kind of dives in. Also, despite the fact that apparently no one here respects him or even knows necessarily what a Dawnbreaker is, he sees himself and probably has instinctively seen himself as a top cop for like his whole career on just like checking in on issues. So part of his doc's instincts, I think, are kicking in. Maka would have a question for uh, Karen about this. Okay, yep, go ahead. Uh, Karen, these men appear to be preparing the corpse of one of their own, wearing the same livery. Are you aware of a death in the town? Um, no, man, we, we, well, actually, I I try not to pay too much attention to uh, the records I'm writing, because, you know, it's not really my thing. And also, I'm usually thinking up super cool postcards I can paint. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there have been a few, uh, a couple requisition orders came in, uh, over the past few days for, um, uh, pensions for, uh, for dead guardsmen. I haven't heard about any dead guardsmen, but I thought it was real weird that I was, uh, I was having to, uh, to process, uh, pensions for, uh, for the dead. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard much about this, but this, this, this might be a little too metal for me, um, I think I think I gotta get out of here. I, I can't risk my clerkship. It will not surprise you to know that commissions are few and far between in such a small town. Hmm. Uh, thank you very much for the painting you made of us. I will think of it fondly. Goodbye, and, Karen. And, and I'll uh, walk off with Duncan. Cool. She uh she like watches you go like fairly lasciviously, and she's like. Oh, I'll be thinking about you too later tonight. <laughs> I was saying, Tom, I imagine I would have paid her before we left, like when I got the painting. Yeah, I how much were you? A, how much so, were you thinking? Um, I figure if I gave the kid five and the painting's good, 
the painting would be 35 gold. Ooh, okay. Wait, because that's probably like a solid Orvel amount. Oh yeah, like that, that would be that would be um, underpaying drastically in Orvel, but here, given that five gold was like I'll open a hotel, like it's a fortune. So I think you just handed her a sack, and she's like, "Yeah, fine, whatever." I was um, gonna say, do you know? I'll just give her the rest of my gold. So I had forty-five gold in a bag, and if that seems fair, I gave it to her, and I'm out of cash now. But I'm fine with that. Great. Um, as she walks away, you just hear her be like, "Holy shit!" And she looks back over her shoulder, and she's like, best damn commission I ever made. (laughs) Rock on, you crazy fucks. (laughs) And then she disappears into the trees. So, Maka, you you approach um, the the city watch, who are, um, again, camped outside of um, uh, the bastard bin. And uh, the bastard bin, you can see, is um, kind of like, again, dug out of, there's a quarry, but they seem to have dug out um, what would have been maybe part of the mine uh, just for corpse disposal space. And they've built like a facade around it. So basically think like a, a big slope up the side of a quarry. Um, it's at the bottom uh, kind of hollowed out of out of the side. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you say to these, uh, these, these folks as you approach them? Um, I'll... Uh... Uh, well, I don't think I've beaten Duncan there or anything like that, but um, I'll I'll say, um, can I provide any services on behalf of the deceased? I was gonna say, if if we want to know the timing on this, I feel like Duncan steps out of the dark and is like, <laughs> I am Duncan Kendano of the Dawnbreaker. What happened to your friend here? And then you just hear over my shoulder, can I provide <laughs> services? It looks like a demon walks out of the dark. Uh, and uh, the the guards yell, oh shit! more of them, uh, and draw their swords. And I'm going to need you to roll for initiative. This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.